it's Loom Group's Andrea Lay, Backview's Melissa Burdick, the wizard of Woodland Hills Shree, and I'm PVSB from Flywheel, a division of Omnicom, and I'm coming to you today from the Catskills. Be playing Heckinger's Tuesdays and Thursdays. Before we get to the CPG Guys episode you've downloaded, it's the week of May 6th, and it's time for the Fresh Four, for curated news stories from the past week. We find them dependably intriguing. We hope you do too. We're brought to you through our partnership with Retail Wit, your one-stop shop for retail industry intelligence news, retailwit.com. It's retail right now. Over to you, Shree. In case you're wondering what this background is, I'm at, I'm at my father-in-law's house all the way in Chennai, India for the next couple of weeks. So what's the message of the week? Kroger Precision Marketing strikes a partnership with none other than Yahoo DSP. So Yahoo DSP advertisers now have access to KPM's audiences for both reach and measurement. Partnership marks KPM's second DSP partnership since last fall and ushers in a new focus on commerce media for Yahoo advertising in particular. Collaborations like this one will define the next phase of growth in retail media as retailers recognize the limitations of monetization on their own digital properties and seek incremental growth by expanding offsite. This is said by Sara Marzano, principal analyst at eMarketer. For advertisers, the delayed but still impending deprecation of third-party cookies, which is now on its way, continues to underpin every decision regarding digital advertising dollars. So solutions that safeguard their investments against that hold increasing appeal. Over to you, Andrea. Hello, Fresh 4 listeners. Walmart adds a new grocery line to its private brand's portfolio. Walmart has announced a new private label grocery brand called Better Goods. The line includes 300 items spanning categories such as frozen, dairy, snacks, beverages, pasta, soups, coffee, and chocolate. With most items priced under $5, Better Goods focuses on three key components, culinary experiences, plant-based, and made without. The retailer said Better Goods marks not only its largest private food brand launch in two decades, but also its fastest grocery brand brought to market. Over to you, Melissa. Thanks, Andrea. Uh, so, Savemark companies roll out in-store retail media networks. It's not enough that we have online. Now we're moving to in-store retail media networks. The Savemark companies plans to roll out in-store connect, an in-store retail media network powered by Quad Graphics Inc. To start, 16 of the grocery company stores will have digital screens, kiosks, end caps, shelf screens, and vertical banners throughout, allowing CPG partners to showcase promotions, product information, and recommendations to shoppers. The program will eventually roll out to all the Savemark companies, approximately 200 stores. This is Savemark's latest retail media effort, coming almost a year after a launch of its own retail media network. Over to you, Peter. Thanks, Melissa. Rite Aid expands Uber Eats' partnership for alcohol delivery in eight states. Nearly 1,000 Rite Aid stores will now offer alcohol delivery via retailers' expanded partnership with Uber Eats. Customers of legal drinking aid can get delivery from select stores in California, Idaho, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Virginia, and Washington. Quote, our collaboration and trusted partnership with Uber Eats underscores our commitment to meet the evolving needs of our customers and providing a seamless digital shopping experience complements their busy lives, unquote, said Jeannie Walden, Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at Rite Aid, the U.S.'s third largest pharmacy retailer. That's it for the Fresh Four. Now on to the CPG Guys episode that you've downloaded. Welcome to another episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Our co-hosts, Sri Rajagopalan and Peter V.S. Bond, 
explore how brands and retailers engage with consumers online, in-store, and everywhere in between. And now, here are Sri and Peter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CPG Guys podcast. I'm PVSB, one of the aforementioned CPG Guys. I'm all about digital shelf content, retail, customer data insights, loyalty, and CRM. And then there's the other CPG guy. He's an expert at branding, direct-to-consumer, this concept called unified commerce. Retail media, oh, Shree, what's that t-shirt you're wearing? That looks like a Walmart Connect t-shirt. Interesting. Oh, wait, I'm wearing one too. Oh, maybe that has something to do with today's theme. Anyhow, he's also an expert at marketplaces. So please join me in welcoming my ride or die, the man known as Shree. Shree, how you doing? Doing awesome, Peter. Hope you are too. A pleasure doing this with you week over week. And yes, indeed, our theme for today, Walmart. Walmart. I've heard of them. <laughs> a bit. Um, so before we get to our guest, I want to remind our audience that our content, including our series on e-commerce profitability, our series on women's leadership, where Shri and I were happy to be able to contribute $8,000 to the Susan G. Komen Foundation, and our ongoing founder series in Q1 of 2021, all that content is free. Just go to cpgguys.com. And while we're at it, our good friend Britton Ladd joined us in February and March on Instagram for our latest 1Q1A series. Go over to Instagram, look up CPG Guys and check that out. Finally, as you know, our content on this show is audience-driven. So the way we find out about what you want us to talk about, well, you go to ratethispodcast.com slash guys. You click on the Apple platform, you leave a rating. We're okay with five stars, but it's your choice. Five is nice. And uh, also write us a review because what's really important there is the written review where you tell us what you're looking for. And, the, and we actually listen to it and we appreciate your feedback. So as many of you know, I uh, previously worked at a retailer several years ago, which became infamous for very long register receipts. You could use them as uh, replacements for vertical blinds. You could make fashion out of them anyhow. Quite infamous. But during that time, I became aware of our guest's company. In fact, the head of merchandising was so obsessed with them and the business model that they had established that I was tasked with performing due diligence uh, to determine whether my retailer wanted to build a similar solution, modeling after what this company had done around Walmart, right? Uh, I can honestly say I've yet to see what I consider to be a very compelling business model, imitated or replicated at any other major omnichannel retailer, be they in headquartered in Minneapolis, Cincinnati, Boise, Nashville, or the like. Uh, the company I'm referring to is 8th and Walton. If you don't work in the Walmart ecosystem, it's highly unlikely that you've heard of this company based in, in Bentonville. But if you are a brand selling into Walmart, 8th and Walton should be top of mind to help you prepare your team members to work with what Shri describes as the world's most elite retailer. Elite, right, Shri? Elite. So joining us on the podcast today is the CEO of Ethan Walton, Mr. Jeff Clapper. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Peter? Thanks for having me. Uh, we are so excited to dig in here because, as I said, I've been you've been on my radar for quite a number of years and so absolutely fascinated. I can't wait to get to the questions. But before I do, 
Could you tell us first, uh, because a lot of people like to follow along, check your business out online while they're listening to the podcast or multitasking. First, what's the URL of Ethan Walton? And uh, after that, could you tell us a little bit about your business? Yeah, absolutely. Eighth and Walton is, uh, so you can find our website and learn a lot more at eighthandwalton.com. And it's just a little tricky, so I'll spell it out. It is the numeral eight, T-H, as in Eighth Street, A-N-D, Walton. And that is in reference to the intersection of Eighth Street and Walton Boulevard in uh, in Bentonville, Arkansas. So Eighth and Walton uh, references the intersection where the Walmart home office is located. Of course, they're embarking on a big project to relocate and and create a massive new campus. But uh, for many, many years now, it's been at that intersection and and, uh, that was the name we chose. So tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, Ethan Walton. Uh, so we started about 15 years ago. Uh, two people uh, began the company, uh, but it's it's really focused on education of Walmart suppliers, uh, companies that are either new to, about to be working with Walmart, or have have been working with Walmart for many many years. Uh, large and small suppliers, so global multi billion dollar brands, all the way to a farmer who might be in a couple hundred stores or uh, someone who's kind of doing their happy dance in the parking lot because they just got a yes. Um, But at any place in that journey, uh, they realize that there's a lot they need to know, whether they're a team member on a big, big brand or, uh, you know, again, maybe that that company that's just about to get their first crack at it. Um, It's it's maybe a little bit like getting a getting your first contract with the Department of Defense. It's like this is great, but we don't know anything about working with such a massive entity. And so really having help navigating the process uh, in, in all the different facets of it, that's really what it's what it's all about, is that education and guidance to those suppliers. You know, Jeff, I did the happy dance when Shri said, yes, I'll do a podcast with you. So I can, <laughs> I can appreciate, I can appreciate that. And I, and I also feel that when they move the headquarters, they'll probably just decide we're going to rename this as the corner of Ethan Walton. <laughs> I think sure will actually for the be- record for the record I called Peter and asked him if he wants to do this together it wasn't the other way <laughs> anyhow yeah that's great thank you Jeff that's really helpful so mm-hmm. let's get to the questions because I've got a lot of great ones and I know Sheree does too mm-hmm. uh, this is going to be interesting so you showed up at Ethan Walton a decade ago it wasn't at the time of the founding I- I'm kind of curious what drew you to this opportunity uh, that uh, that had been operating already for about five years. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I met uh, one of the founders and uh, got to talking about actually about a different opportunity he was uh, working on at the time. And uh, as we got into that, recognized uh, that there were some really neat opportunities with where Ethan Walton had been um, and where it could go. Um, a lot of my own background had been around uh, entrepreneurial. Uh, opportunities and businesses. I grew up in a magazine company that my grandparents had started, uh, went on when we sold that, went on to uh, raise money and uh, build and sell a video game business and then moved to Bentonville. In fact, uh, as what we would call here a trailing spouse, uh, my wife is with a vendor and they, and we'd been married a year and they said, what would it take to get you to move to Bentonville? And, uh, and you know, like I said, it was kind of just good timing for us. So so when we got here, met with the, uh, the 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 founders of this business. We're working on a couple different projects, but had my eye on Ethan Walton as a really neat uh, kind of uh, opportunity to really grow from where it was. And uh, they, they had built it into a really nice lifestyle business, and there was so much more uh, to to go from there. And so, uh, really worked out nicely to to jump in and, and take it on myself. So 
first of all, welcome to the show, Jeff. It's a pleasure to have you. Thanks for making time for the CPG guys today. Peter is right. I do address Walmart as the world's most elite retailer, but I have to profess that when you say make a statement that people jump and join the parking lot when they get a yes, that automatically qualifies the other table to be elite, that they can even get that sort of a emotion stoked in people. Uh, so let's jump into what specific outage or set of needs did you see in the industry that you felt it, you, when you were to Benville, you could have done many things. You could have been a mountain biker. I believe you can you can head to the Ozarks and do that. You could have decided to be a camper and you or you could have started a Montessori school. But what outage did you specifically see in the CPG industry of people who make brands that you said Ethan Walton is the destiny for you and that's what you ended up doing? Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that origin or that, that gap, that opportunity, um, when, well, when uh, I, I'll, I'll answer the question maybe in two parts. The, the founding of the business was based on a recognition. Uh, the two people who started the company, one had been with Walmart many years, one on the supplier side many years. Uh, and from each of their perspectives, they recognized that there was a lot of knowledge suppliers needed uh, in, in really being successful with Walmart. Uh, I think they began with the intention of teaching sort of history, culture, values, communication, kind of just good soft skills about Walmart. And, and what we recognized and they recognize and we've, we've continued to see and learn over the years is uh, those things that are important but not urgent, um, those are kind of a slow, uh, it, it's, it's just that, it's important and not urgent for all the suppliers. But, um, but where they really kind of struck a chord, back to your question, was uh, when, when they recognized that the systems and the use of systems, namely uh, to start with Retail Link and all of the facets of it, uh, that was when they that, that was when they really kind of found that gap and that need in the supplier community. Um, and and you know buyers were putting expectations on suppliers saying, I need you to know all of these things about where your business stands. And the most successful suppliers were progressive in learning and using those tools. Um, but they are not, uh, it's not Microsoft Excel where you can buy all kinds of books or find all kinds of websites and resources. It's a proprietary system. Um, and so to the knowledge to learn those uh, systems when they were, you know, in those earlier years, that was really um, an, an exclusive and important need in the marketplace. Um, what we started to recognize uh, later on was there were there were people coming, you know, kind of back to our happy dance running joke here. Uh, there were people at a certain level on, I would say, disruptor brands, uh, small and medium brands. They would uh, they would be at that point where they'd say, great, this is so exciting. Maybe they're, they're six months from launching or they've just launched in the last month or two and they realize, holy cow. I better get my, you know, we, we, like you just said a minute ago, they were capable or competent enough to get that start or that opportunity, but it could be over as soon as it started if they don't figure out how to get this right. And, um, and so they would find their way into learning with us. And, 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 you know, again, to use an example, maybe a president of a company um, who, who owns Walmart and many other retail accounts, as well as sourcing and financing and innovation and, and, and all these big hats maybe a VP of sales who owns a lot of other accounts, but it's a small company. Uh, so they don't really have the bandwidth to take on all the work, but those people at maybe a more senior level would find their way into our training and our classes. And, and by 10 a.m. on the first day, they would say, this is phenomenal, uh, really good and important stuff. And I have no idea how much work was going to be required, but there is just no way that I can get all this done myself. Uh, do you know anyone who can help? And so that was, you know, again, just to come back to your question, the second part, of my answer would be recognizing the training is critical uh, for any team, big or small, that has the resource and the bandwidth to, to take on that work themselves. 
there's also a parallel need for a team that is newer, may not have be in a place yet to do all that work, but they can't miss a beat in their launch. And so they've got to make sure that they cover the first six to 12 months. And, and that's really been the, the growth is where we say, if you're not yet in a place where you're going to take all this on yourself, we'll do the work alongside you for a period of time. When you're ready, we'll flip into being teachers. That's our origin. And we'll get your team coached up to be successful for, for the long term with Walmart. Uh, for the benefit of our audience, when you say system, are you specifically referring to retail link or is it a, just a plethora of systems at Walmart? Uh, primarily retail ink, and there are many applications within retail ink. So uh, it's a, it's, I, I'm using it as an umbrella term there, um, but there are many applications within it, uh, and they're dynamic. Um, and uh, if you if you follow along, kind of at, at home on what's going on with Walmart, it's changing all the time. Uh, sometimes even week by week or day by day. Uh, I mean, I could even tell you from one day to the next this week, we've seen things online and offline. So. Uh, just the dynamicism of it is is again part of the the need in the market. Um, I would I would say a smaller point, but not much smaller. Again, back to your question of what's the need in the marketplace. It's Walmart is so dynamic. To their credit, they're constantly pushing to evolve and stay on the front edge of where the business can go, um, and that challenges suppliers to stay on the front side of all of that with them. So let's double click down a little bit, Jeff. Can you? detail for us the range of training areas that you address in your curriculum? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. The you know, broad topics would be sales analysis, um, supply chain analysis, heavy on supply chain analysis, uh, accounting and finance, um, and, uh, and e-commerce. Those would be the kind of the main buckets of education today. Um, some of that will touch into, you know, maybe more category type of work. Um, we, you know, that's, but, but really it's those, those are sort of the broad sweeping categories. And again, it's dynamic. So within any of those sort of high level categories, things are, are coming and going at any given time. Uh, a few years ago, Walmart announced OTIF on time in full. Uh, that became a big area of need and training for us and for suppliers much more recently, really just right now, uh, SQEP, ASN, these are, you know, more acronym uh, kind of soup situations, but that's really, these are hot topics or very soon to be key topics for suppliers to know about. And so, you know, again, our our challenge and, and the value we really aim to bring is to help suppliers stay on the front side of that where Walmart wants them to be. Um, before Shri jumps in, because we are an educational podcast, yeah. could you define a couple of the acronyms or as many as you can as he just threw out there? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, TIF, but there were a couple others you drew and I'll yeah. admit I don't know all of them, so I'd love to. Eat. Yeah, and they are, and they are honestly, they are brand new. Uh, SQEP is the Supplier Quality Excellence Program. Uh, ASN is Advanced Shipment Notification. These are really um, supply chain related and and production operations related. The SQEP has to do with sort of the, the quality of your product as it arrives all the way through the supply chain. So let's make sure that boxes don't show up spilling out product when they get into the store um, and really giving visibility. The, the success of OTIF over the last few years has been around transparency in the process and, and Walmart and suppliers taking ownership with that transparency to say, hey, we had a little stumble here. Was that us or you? Okay, well, that's fine. Let's correct it at the root so that we don't continue to have this challenge. But first Walmart provided that visibility and then everybody could work on improving it. Same with SQEP. Uh, ASN has to do with, you know, notif notification to and from Walmart about what's being shipped and received and uh, timing, quantity, all of those kinds of things. So they're really uh, supply chain heavy. But 
Uh, we have a lot of our team members, really their emphasis is on supply chain. And, and if they were here, they'd be saying retail is all about supply chain. Uh, everybody has their biases, but uh, but so much of what you see at Walmart emphasizing really is around supply chain, of course, and, and, uh, and, and of course, also uh, e-commerce now. You know, thinking about your services, do you teach people how to fish or do you actually also help them fish as in, are you different from a traditional sales agency that actually goes, does the work or do you really train people to be uh, self-sufficient? And let's, in terms of your services, let's also address the hottest topic in the room, aka the t-shirts we're wearing or Walmart media, also now known as Walmart Connect and retail media. So if you could answer both of those, please. Sure. Yeah. So uh, as far as the, the the variation from us or an agency or a, a you know sales agency, brokerage, uh, what have you, uh, the difference is almost exactly what you put your finger on there. Um, we don't go into a meeting. We don't uh, own any, we, we don't get involved in any kind of buyer relationship, but to the extent that we're providing service to a supplier who says, hey, we're just not quite there today. Um, we're doing all the behind the scenes work. And again, it's oftentimes a VP of sales, national account manager, maybe the president who owns that buying team relationship, the RM, the buyer and so forth. Um, but we're, you know, we're, we're going so far as to script an email and say, here are all the key, you know, here are all the key phrases and words. And we'd recommend here's, here's a, a deep dive on some supply chain opportunities that we found. You're selling out of inventory at these stores by Tuesday. We don't know how high high is. And we've done the analysis. Here's the data. Here's the, the email. We'd recommend you copy, paste and, and share this. Um, and, and we'll go that far. But we really want them to be the hero so that back to your question, when the time comes that they and their team are in a place that they, you know, and, and we want to be, we explain all this along the way. So in, in all of our calls, we're saying, here's how we did this, but the work is done. Um, so that when they get to a point that they say, uh, I think we're ready to take this on, we say, great, it's kind of, uh, it's a success story. It's a graduate uh, of what we've done. Um, and so that's, that's kind of fun. And that's a big difference from probably anybody else in town. Uh, we, we, we actually had a call with a client yesterday who we, we've worked with, with for the last two years and their business has tripled in that time from when they launched, uh, when we started with them two years ago. And we had a real, you know, it was kind of fun. I said, I feel like we should sing a song or something, but it was just a great kind of send off to working with them for the last couple of years. And they've, their team has doubled and we've been working with them and coaching them up all this time. And so, uh, that's just a fun story to have and, uh, to, to really kind of put them in that position. And I think maybe one of the other differences you'd have is, uh, where we're teaching thousands of suppliers a year, uh, we kind of have that that built into our model. We want to work with you for a year or two and then send you on your way. So maybe to use your to go back to your fishing metaphor, I'd say it's kind of catch and release uh, and, uh, and send them back out, up, back out uh, bigger and better and ready for the world. So um, congratulations on the success. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, and as far as Walmart Connect, it's interesting. I'm sure uh, you all were, were keyed into the earnings report recently, uh, and there was reference to uh, monetization of data, and and at the same time, you know, Walmart Connect, kind of the evolution of Walmart Media Group, um, and how uh, and 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 the, and the same point or in in the same earnings report about hey, we're media consumers, or you know, we're we're buying a lot of media as Walmart. We know what that customer wants. Uh, you know, I think for a long time. Uh, sort of Walmart stores said, we really aren't going to be providing a lot of data back to suppliers who want to invest in advertising on Walmart. Just get the product, you know, get get the product into the DC, into the store, and we'll take care of the rest. Um, but when they open up a new revenue channel, 
that is uh, ad revenue. If I'm going to spend more on advertising, I need to know what's working and what's not. And so it makes sense, you know, in the same way that Google was so successful with uh, uh, Google Analytics to say, hey, if you're going to spend money on Google AdWords, we should provide data all the way through. So you can see you put in a dollar here and you make 10 there. I'll give you more dollars. Uh, it really makes sense to pass that data through uh, transparently. And then, to you know, and, and, and along the same lines uh, to make it more transparent along the way. Um, to just and, and, and you know, I've, I've kind of made comparisons over the years between again Google Analytics and Retail Link, uh, where Sam Walton said, "Hey, let's give suppliers all this data, and then let's expect them to use it. Let's let's really put them put that responsibility with them to use all this great data that we're providing." Um, you know, I do hope that that it remains um, that the monetization is from the advertising and not from any kind of just. Uh, billing of the data itself, which we've seen in some other channels or some other retailers, uh, selling the data as purely data, I think that kind of gums up the model. If you can, if you can give the data away for free so that you can sell something more, I think that uh, is, a, is a little bit cleaner um, and more virtuous uh, model. But that's my own opinion, I guess. Shri, what I hear is that Walmart Connect is definitely on Ethan Walton's radar screen. And if they can develop uh, some training that helps their clients in that area, well, it, it'll it'll make its appearance on their curriculum. <laughs> That's right. There we yeah. go. See, yeah, there we go. You. We pulled it out of you, Jeff. Thank you. Oh, very, yeah, no, thank you very much. No, and that, you're, you're exactly right. And with all the, the acronyms and all the initiatives and all these aspects of Walmart, uh, you know, again, that's that's kind of the fun of what we do to a certain extent is just uh, to be constant learners uh, so that we can deliver that value back to the suppliers. I mean, it's good for everybody. And and then, you know, frankly, just to be sort of self-interested for a moment, all of the clients that we work with on a more hands on basis, they get the benefit of all the learning that we're doing in the classroom directly with these clients, everything else. So it, it really is just a great loop of um, expertise and learning all the time. Jeff, when I was on the retail side and I was selling media, I would deal with vendors of enormous size that would have 100 people in a building 20, 20 yards down the road. And then I'd deal with, with vendors that sold a single item and they would fly in for meetings or maybe just call in. Mm -hmm. So my question is around the services you provide. Are they more in demand from vendors of a particular size? And what I mean by that is, so those if I had a single shopper marketing person servicing a retailer and they leave to go to another vendor or whatever, I've lost an enormous amount of institutional knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would absolutely want to turn to you. And then I look and I see these big companies that have 50, a hundred people on site. Maybe they have the resources to do it internally and they figure that's the way they're going to do it. Is that true? Or, or do you, are you, are you finding that your clients are, running the entire spectrum and why would you know why would a big company want to work with you yeah it's a it's, it's a great question and um and and, and really what happens uh, big vendors work with us small vendors work with us for different reasons a big vendor like you said they've got knowledge internally maybe they have four replenishment analysts on their team um and well, it's been interesting, actually, in the pandemic, just that alone creates enough friction where it's not just, uh, hey, Peter, how do I do this? Now I've got to schedule a 20 minute Zoom. And, and that's just enough of a hurdle where, we, where, where that's been kind of an interesting factor to our training. Um, but even before everyone was working more remotely, uh, the, the, some of the same thing applied. It was 
yeah, we have five or 10 other people or more in a similar role who could be training and teaching these skills, even though the one person vacated this desk. Um, but it's just time constraint and, and and bandwidth and everything else. So that's why a big vendor works with us. And and oftentimes we do, uh, we, we'll do custom training, a customized, you know, sort of a dedicated session with a team of six, 10, 12, maybe, uh, maybe more people, depending on the, the business or, or kind of the roles that they're in. Um, but really that dedicated training is another way that uh, large vendors will engage with us. Um, and, and what's neat there versus a class that's kind of an off the rack, what you'd find when you go to ethanwalton.com. Um, those off the rack classes are terrific because you get sort of this cross pollination of, hey, you're an apparel vendor and I didn't even think to do that over here in grocery. Um, when you have a dedicated session with just your team, uh, then you're talking, then, then we really kind of dive into your team's data, your retailing data with you. And, and you get to have some really neat conversations as a team. And it's like, Hey, I didn't even realize you were doing that that way. But if I do this, it, all of a sudden it's a, it's a really powerful consulting session for a day or two like that. Um, so again, that's, those are different ways that big and small vendors engage us. Um, and, and, and we, you know, we, we've got people who say, I've, I've, I've got a couple of great relationships with VP of sales where they've got two or three, you know, modest sized team. Uh, and they say, every time I've got a rotation, someone gets promoted out of my group. Uh, and then I get a new person in their desk. I say, congratulations. You just want a trip to Bentonville to train with Ethan Walton. Um, so that's kind of a fun, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun little, uh, testimonial, uh, to how it works, but people just see us as an ongoing recurring resource when they have a new team member, we're, we're a great place for them, them to come and get trained on working with Walmart. So to my knowledge, Ethan Walton is not officially affiliated or endorsed by Walmart itself. Yet right. your business is growing. You have small vendors, large vendors, many coming to you. And over the years, you've developed the business pretty well with these clients of yours. There seems to be some sort of a, tell me if I'm wrong, a tact acknowledgement of the value you bring to Walmart's ecosystem. And how do you manage that tact acknowledgement and strike a balance? Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. We're not affiliated with or endorsed by Walmart in any way. We say that at the start of every one of our classes. Uh, we we want to make sure we're very clear about that. Um, but the, uh, you know, the, the the value to the ecosystem, and it was kind of interesting, Peter, earlier as you were talking about other retailers assessing opportunities like this um, themselves. One of the big things, and I and I have conversations with friends inside Walmart in, in all all different departments and groups at Walmart. But one of the interesting gaps with Walmart being for most of these vendors, uh, their biggest customer, there's just sort of an implied sense of, I'm not, uh, you know, there, there's just a little bit of anxiety about how transparent do I want to be around what I know, what I don't know uh, as, a, as a supplier to Walmart. And so there's just a natural gap there uh, where vendors need to know these things. Suppliers need to know how to work best with Walmart. Walmart's expecting that of them, but they're not going to go in. And I mean, when, when whenever any of us are learning something, we're a little bit vulnerable, right? Like you, you have to start learning by saying, I don't know. And it's pretty scary to say to your biggest customer, I don't know how to work with you. Uh, and so it just creates a natural gap right there. And that's really the, the space that, that we find is, is important and valuable both to the suppliers and to Walmart. So we already mentioned the Walmart Connect business as being an opportunity for potential training. I'd, I'd sure love to know, are there other specific areas that from your talks with your clients that you'd like to expand out your capabilities uh, I don't know if you've ever even trained Walmart associates because sometimes they need this and and whether that is that's an area that you might also uh, offer. Yeah, um, we, we've had Walmart associates in classes. Um, wow. And, yeah, that's we, big. That's and, actually and, really and big. Think, thank you. Well, and it, and it works in two ways. I'll, let me let me be clear about that. Sometimes it's associates who are planning to move into a different uh, company. 
And oftentimes it's also an associate who's trying to, who's moving into a different role or, uh, or wants to understand how this is being uh, taught to vendors. Uh, it's a perspective kind of exercise. And, and so just good dialogue around that. Um, again, that's not an endorsement from Walmart in any way. Uh, that's, uh, you know, I like to, like to be really clear about that. But yeah, having the opportunity to train associates from Walmart is always exciting. Uh, and we, and, and, and that's a great opportunity and those, and, and, and a lot of great, you know, great dialogue comes from that. One of the funny things, and, and a lot of our team members, of course, have spent decades inside of Walmart and inevitably, whether they're fresh out of Walmart or they're still there, they're in a role, they're moving into a role where this uh, training would be relevant. Inevitably there are conversations around, uh, wow, this, this looks very different, uh, from the vendor side, um, which is who are, you know, that's really our audience. And so what, what we are teaching about retailing or anything else, the, the process is very different. And that's, that's kind of a focus for us also is, uh, we want to teach you how to do this in a way that is going to make Walmart's business better and your business better, but we have to keep it in mind. We have to keep the, the perspective of the supplier in mind. And, um, uh, you know, uh, that's one other, and this kind of goes back to the, the question of sort of the balance of being where we are, what's the, the gap in the ecosystem here? Uh, you know, Walmart's interest is is going to be Walmart's interest. That's just kind of naturally the case. But how a supplier works and what their challenges are are going to be very different from what Walmart's are. And, and we'll have buyers say, I had no idea this was going to be so complicated. Or maybe it's someone who was a, a DMM at Walmart for many years, great successful career. They jump over to being a supplier and then they're in class because they had no idea how much work it took to be a vendor. Um, and, 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 you know, that's terrific. I, again, I, I love uh, learning myself and I love seeing our team and everybody else learning. I think it's just, that, that just keeps life exciting and it keeps kind of on that edge of, you know, sort of too much order and too much chaos is, is where we're learning and growing. So I really support that, but it's, you kind of have to smile a little bit and say, yeah, it's, it's a little more challenging than we might've thought. Before I hand it to Sheree, I have a very funny story to relate to. I know you'll appreciate it. Quite a number of years ago, I was working at Dunhumby, the predecessor to 8451, which is the data science arm of Kroger. And on a monthly basis, we would offer training classes on on the Dunhumby analytics tool, which is called the shop. And typically, um, we would separate retailers and uh, uh, Kroger associates and the vendors. And on a particular occasion, we let a Kroger associate into a vendor meeting and people went around the room at the very first opening of the training and asked, what were you doing here? And one person stood up and said from a company, oh yeah, I'm actually based out of Bentonville. I work on the Walmart and Sam's Club business. I'm here to learn how to use this tool, help Walmart beat Kroger. Sure. And you should have seen that got, that got to Kroger general ah. office headquarters in minutes, in minutes. And of course it was, it was one of my clients. So <laughs> I got called out on the carpet yeah. by the yeah. by by the CEO of Dun, of Dunhumby USA as to what the heck is yeah. going on here. So that no. is that's the peril you face when you put vendors and and, 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 and the retailer in the same training class. Well, you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. In fact, whenever we have, it's not often, but whenever we have a Walmart associate coming to class, we uh, contact any student in that class first, just to let them know, hey, this is coming up. And if you'd like a different class, that's fine. You know, because we, we, we run them on a good frequency, but uh, we, we make sure everybody's comfortable with the situation just, just in case. So, yeah. Boy, I was uncomfortable with that for quite oh, some time. I bet. <laughs> Sheree, why don't you close this out? So this is an educational podcast. And in that spirit, what I'd request Jeff you to do is if you're a vendor 
and you'd love to hear from Jeff, what are two or three things that you'd say is an absolute must be best in class from a vendor perspective? What would those two or three things be? What What's that gift of knowledge you can pass on? Mm. Uh, you know, Walmart is very clearly uh, finding traction and, and continuing to run uh, just fast and, and hard against omni-channel and the ramifications of, of strategic learning for vendors today for that to be successful are uh, everything about your e-commerce uh, representation and, and marketing, as well as uh, your supply chain. And there, we work with some suppliers today who have had a great, uh, well, Amazon suppliers would call that a 3P uh, look at how they work with Walmart. But as they move into being store suppliers or vice versa, store suppliers who are trying to figure out how to really get in the game on walmart.com, uh, you know, buyers are moving into omni buyer roles at Walmart and they are expecting that of their suppliers. There's a lot of opportunity. In fact, everyone's kind of new at this and it's sort of like, hey, we're all freshmen in college together again. Uh, so let's learn together. And 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 when we get to see and hear some really neat uh, conversations where the buyer says, I didn't even know that was a thing, but yeah, let's go do that. And and so there's a there's a neat opportunity for everybody, but it's, it's focused around to, to really bring it back to your question, uh, emphasizing your e-commerce game and your supply chain game. The product has to be there for it to sell. Uh, and, and so as, as dry or, uh, you know, kind of not exciting as supply chain might seem, it's critical to your success, both in the stores and online. Uh, so those are really the two major areas of focus for suppliers. I'll remind our audience that all of our content that I mentioned earlier in the episode you can always find it by just going to cpgguys.com. It's all free. We don't charge you anything. There's no paywall. There's a lot of great information. Check it out. And uh, when you do, also leave us some feedback so we can help bring on and identify great guests like Jeff here, who shared a lot of very interesting information and educated us today. Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash cpg guys and click on the apple podcast leave it there that's the best way to get it to us and while you're there give us a rating you know i'm in ratings and reviews five stars one of my favorite numbers i love the number five but uh, (laughs) i'll leave that up to you to decide wow jeff thank you so much for joining us on this podcast i have looked so forward to being able to talk to you today about this and Shri, i think i speak for you when i say well let's just give him a affiliate membership status in the cpg guys i mean this there we're we all go. about education and what's he about he's about educating i love this so jeff thank you so much for joining thank us you today. yeah thank you for having me both of you thank you very much this was fun and, thank you jeff and on the back end can you remind us where everybody can find you online and we'll put yeah. a link i'll say we'll put a link, hyperlink in the liner notes of the podcast yeah terrific eighth and walton.com numeral eight th A-N-D, Walton, W-A-L-T-O-N.com. Thank you. Shri, we got to talk about the world's most elite retailers today. How happy are you to round out the week? How about that, Peter? (laughs) Ending the week on a high. Wow, this is great. So anyhow, Shri, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us and to our audience. Thanks for checking in on this episode. We hope you liked it. We certainly did. But it's more important that you liked it and give us that feedback. And we look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the CPG Guys podcast. Thank you.
The content in this podcast episode is provided for general informational purposes only. By listening to our episode, you understand that no information contained in this episode should be construed as advice from CPG Guys LLC or the individual author, hosts, or guests, nor is it intended to be a substitute for research on any subject matter. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by CPG Guys LLC. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. The views expressed by CPG Guys LLC do not represent the views of their employers or the entity they represent. CPG Guys LLC expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, or inability to use this podcast or the information we present in this podcast.